Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome back to Test Tube Baby. I'm going to start this episode by saying that we're recording this uh, towards the end of May in 2021. If you're listening live, then you will know that in the UK, it has been the worst May for weather ever. It has been a pouring with rain. It has been my birthday week and I'm used to sunshine, so I've clearly been spoiled in previous years. The reason why I'm talking about the weather literally 10 seconds into the podcast is because Due to the weather outside, uh, you might hear a little bit of pitter-patter on the window panes and also the occasional wind chime. I'm hoping it's going to add something therapeutic, maybe? Atmospheric. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. So it's totally intentional. It's got nothing to do with the fact that we're not in a soundproof room. Um, And yeah, I just wanted to give you a heads up. There's also one other potential uh, distraction worth mentioning, which is that we are currently staying at my parents' house. It's been so lovely. Restrictions have been eased in the UK, so we are here spending time with them. They are all currently downstairs watching the Villa match, all right? They're watching a football match, and they're big Villa supporters. And if Villa score, they will whoop. There shall be screams. So... Maybe we shouldn't be recording today, but alas, it's Sunday. We've left it too late. We, we have to do this recording now. We should be all right because it's unlikely that Villa are going to score. <gasps> the so, sus on that. My mum listens to this. She'll be fuming. I know she does, but she's already behind it by a few weeks. So by the time I'm gone. Oh, yeah. That's when she'll listen to this episode. <laughs> If you haven't yet, please subscribe. It is the best way to support us and do leave a review if you haven't already. My name is Miranda Burns and over there, it's a miracle he's still standing because he blew up about 100 balloons today, is Tristan Hall. I did because it's been Miranda's birthday week and part of the celebrations were today uh, having an afternoon tea. Yeah. Um, And I thought it would be a good idea to buy a balloon arch from Tesco (laughs) uh, and, and erect it. Um, oh, I say erect it, blow it up. Um, oh la la! I know, even more. Oh la la! Myself and your brother tackled the balloon arch. Now it's more of a balloon tower. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't, you couldn't quite work out the logistics of How making do you bend it, it spherical. I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't come with anything. It just comes with a plastic wire. It's a bit useless, but we did it. And it's not useless. It looks lovely. Thank you. I blew up a total of about sixty balloons. Yeah. So I am knackered. <laughs> 
So wherever you are, we hope you're having the best day and hopefully your weather has not been as rubbish as ours is right here, right now. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new to our podcast family and test tube baby, we're chatting through all things IVF and hopefully beyond because cross your fingers that one day there is going to be a baby joining us on this podcast. In true Tristan and Miranda style, there'll be a whole lot of tangents, more than one euphemism and inevitably we will expose and embarrass ourselves. On the day that this is uploaded, I will be 11 weeks and five days pregnant and going into my 12th week of pregnancy, which is absolutely nuts. Our little IVF ICSI baby, thank God, touch some wood, Miranda, is still going strong. First trimester. Done it, almost. Box ticked. Completed it, mate. We thought that today's episode, it might be uh, quite nice to touch upon pregnancy after loss because it's something that completely alters your perception of pregnancy and indeed the way that you deal with it. When you've when you've been pregnant before and you've had a miscarriage, at whatever point, I think, um, but for us, because it happened at 18 weeks, you live each day in fear thinking that it's going to happen again and you're, you've got this permanent struggle between... I'm so grateful to be pregnant. I want to enjoy every moment. And oh my goodness, I don't want this to go wrong again. And so I want to guard my heart and not get too excited. Um, and I know that so many of you are in a similar boat and you understand. And I have messages a lot of the time from wonderful men and women, Trish gets them too, um, from people who totally get it. And a pregnancy after loss is not the same as a pregnancy without loss. We know from our own personal experience. So that is what we're touching on today. I'm going to give you a trigger warning obviously we will be touching on miscarriage in this podcast so if that is not for you that is absolutely fine you can just join us at the next one I suppose the really obvious place to start with all of this is the fact that we're having an IVF baby, which means that if you have chosen to share the journey, which we obviously did, everybody knows that you're trying to get pregnant and everybody knows that you have had an embryo transfer. So it doesn't take a genius to work out that a pregnancy announcement could be coming two to three weeks post embryo transfer. And... I it's so difficult I personally I found the support from people that understood the situation invaluable so for me I wouldn't change any of that and I would still tell the story as we did but there is a pressure there and that's something we didn't have in our previous pregnancy we didn't have that immediate pressure to tell people Mm -hmm. so we left it and we didn't just get to the 12 week mark that people normally tell people at we pushed it all the way and we were about to tell people when we found out she wasn't going to make it Inevitably, we will have told some people. So we told friends and we told family. Like close I, I told my friends. boss at work. Yeah. Remember that? I yeah. I told my boss at work two days before the shit hit the fan, before it, it just all went awfully wrong. Um, so that must have been really strange for them because they'd just been given this news. And then less than a week later, uh, they were sort of signing me off work. And having had that experience of telling people the good news and having all the excitement, when you have to then deliver the bad news, yeah. it makes it even harder. If people find out Miranda and Tristan have lost a baby, it's incredibly sad. But there was never that buildup of excitement and anticipation. Mm. They just heard the bad news. So on our side, when you have an IVF baby, because you are so open with your story like we were, telling people kind of came naturally. There was an element of of fear of that, just in case what happened last time happened again. But... You live and learn. I think from last time, I would love to have told people so we could have had the excitement. 
because we were so guarded with it and we thought let's not tell people because we had these little warning signs mm. we didn't get that chance to have the excitement with everyone and have like an announcement whereas this time around i think our mentality was let's just enjoy every second of it because we know how quickly things could be taken away Absolutely. And it's it's your personal preference, isn't it? I know um, of a woman who didn't actually announce her pregnancy until she'd given birth. Um, and that was just her choice because she'd gone through a lot of loss previously before. I also know of people who didn't even do IVF and announced it at like six, seven weeks. You've got to do what's right for you. And like Tris has already said... If you tell people good news and then it turns into bad news, it's whether you think that you personally would rather not have told them in the first place um, or you would, you'd rather enjoy the excitement with them. There's a lot of fear around getting to the 12-week mark, I mm. think, because it's the end of the first trimester and naturally it is a point in pregnancy that you can work towards. So pregnancy is split obviously into three, so first, second and third trimester People often think, right, I'm out of the woods, I'm out the first trimester. So we know firsthand that's not always the case. We made it to 18 weeks before we lost Amberly. But at the same time, in your first trimester, if you tick those boxes of getting that heartbeat, of seeing the scans and everything, your chance of miscarriage after a heartbeat drops significantly. So the difference between announcing at 8 weeks or 12 weeks is like 5% decreased risk of miscarriage mm. so again it's everyone is different but there's a lot of people who think oh it gets 12 weeks and you'll announce it and you think well yeah that's what a lot of people do but the logic behind that is just because of how pregnancy lies in terms of three trimesters yeah it's like the societal thing isn't yeah. it it's like oh you tell people at 12 weeks you just assume that that's the thing that you're supposed to do you're so right like scientifically there ain't much of a difference between eight and 12 as long as you've had your heartbeat scan if you're waiting until your 12 week appointment to have your heartbeat scan that's separate but say you've gone for a private one or an early one because it was a risk of ectopic then you, you're in this you're in the same position kind of regardless <laughs> The next thing that comes with a pregnancy after loss is scanxiety, which I've talked about before. Scan anxiety, fear when you go to scans because it's at scans previously that you have received bad news. And you know what? It doesn't matter how many times I now receive good news at scans. And we've had a couple uh, for various reasons, which we're going to talk about in just a little bit. Um, it doesn't matter that every time I go to those, they're like, oh my goodness, yeah, baby is right on track with size and growth. Can't see any bleeding in there. You're all good. I still dread the next one. And we're actually having our 12 week scan like in this coming week. And I should be excited for it. And I was like last pregnancy. I was excited. I look forward to them. Like I'd even think about what I was like, what, what am I going to be wearing? Where should we go afterwards? Should we get a coffee as a treat on the way back home? Because we're celebrating this next big milestone. You don't get that so much. Um, I'm kind of hoping that maybe towards the end of the pregnancy, I'll finally feel secure and comfortable enough in this situation to enjoy it. But realistically, knowing myself, I probably won't because I get like I, I get I go into the scan room and it doesn't matter if I've been feeling absolutely fine and my symptoms are still exactly the same as they were before. My heart rate will always pick up. My uh, palms go like clammy and I feel my breathing sort of speed up as well. Um, it's brilliant because at the moment, Tris is allowed to come to appointments and last pregnancy, I had to do them solo. And if you've listened to episode four, I think it was, you'll know that I found out the news about Amberly when I was completely by myself, which was just horrendous. I wouldn't want to put anyone through that. Um, but even with Tris here this time, 
I'm still nervous because you're nervous too. So we're just nervous together. And it's sad because it should be a special moment. It should be exciting. And it is lovely when I see them wriggling about on the screen. But the build up, it gets to me. It's a different experience this time around for me. Because last time, because I wasn't allowed to come into any scans, I didn't experience this sitting and waiting for a sonographer to say, yeah, everything's okay. Or the whole trying to find where baby is, see if baby's in the right position. I never had that. So this time around, I think that's an added thing for me. Because I've not got the anxiety of sitting in a car and waiting, but I'm part of it now. Yeah. Um, Which I think in a way is comforting because if there is bad news, I'm there with you. Um, And on the flip side of that, you know, if there's good news, I get to hear it first and I'm not worrying sat in the car. Because previously it would be, you know, we'll make sure there's a heartbeat there first and then you can FaceTime Tristan. Yes. And that meant that I was then waiting. So from the point that Miranda left my car, go in, sit in a waiting room, be called in, go through all the checks and then start the scan. It can can be a couple of minutes before they're happy enough to let you call me. And I just want to say, for whom is that for, right? Why are they doing that? Because for me personally... If it's even if it's good news, it's nice to have you there on the, on the other end of the phone the whole time. If it's bad news, I want you to hear it at the moment that I hear it, else I'm going to have to relay it to you. So I think I don't know, but I feel like the only reason they weren't letting me call you right at the beginning of the scan is something to do with the sonographer. And I just personally believe that when it comes to your baby, it's your decision. And it's it's like your priorities, they have to take precedence. And you being on the phone wouldn't have interfered. It wouldn't have distracted. You just have been a quiet sort of participant who was there for moral support. So now I've literally just realised this, but retrospectively, that's not cool. That's not okay. They're doing that to protect themselves because they don't want a scene and someone on the other end of the phone shouting when really you should have been present, even if it was just via FaceTime. And there are so many little elements of the scan which are nerve-wracking. If you haven't yet had one, the first thing that they have to do is check for baby's heartbeat. That is always the first thing terrifying um and there's a there's usually like sort of 15 20 seconds but it can feel like forever whilst they're sort of they have this rollable thing that they use almost like a mouse to kind of scroll across the screen that they've got up and they'll do like little clicks when they're taking photos and the sound of that rollable being moved and then the little clicks that stresses me out then they have to measure baby equally as terrifying because they'll do one click at the rump, rump, bump? Crown to rump. Crown to rump, there you go. One click at the crown, like Tris said, um, and then they'll tell you the dates and you know in your head what your dates are. So you're always dreading that they're not going to match up. So there's so many different parts of the scan that even though you've got the initial good news of the heartbeat, you're still not out of the woods yet. There's something nice as well about being part of that experience and having a sonographer or a consultant or whoever it is talking you through it. Because yes. when I'm on FaceTime to you, normally what would have happened is that you'll have had the scan and they're literally, they're doing it to like appease you. They're yeah. saying like, right, now let's give, let's give dad a call and let dad have a look. And that means that I've then got Miranda relaying it to me. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's something really special about, like, I think about the moment where we had our lady at the IVF clinic, one of our nurses yeah. say, you've got one baby and it's absolutely fine. Oh my goodness. Yes. And if that had been me on the phone, you're going, baby's okay. And I've been excited, but there's something so special about that moment you have as a family. Isn't yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the three of you and you find out that everything's okay. And that's so lovely. And if you're having that moment secondary, like to mm-hmm. the first time it's said, you can't help but feel removed. I know. It's just like one of my biggest bugbears with the whole of this. And even aside, like COVID aside, 
I don't think that blokes get so much of a look in and an involvement in the maternity side of things it just doesn't happen now naturally both our pregnancies have been like throughout a pandemic so I can't talk from experience from like prior to uh, corona but but the experience I have had is that Tris comes second and that says to me that the only reason I'm coming in is because I'm literally carrying the baby. Like I am the vehicle in which the baby travels. And it's more than that. It's about emotional bonding. It's about peace of mind. It's knowing that the child is 50% Tristan's as much a part of you as it is a part of me. I'm just feeding it. And I just think I just think it's desperately sad that you get overlooked. And it still angers me that in the summer, like all the pubs got opened and Tristan wasn't allowed to come to appointments what the hell what, what I just I oh sorry I don't want to go on a COVID rant and this is not even going to be remotely important in a couple of years time because hopefully fingers crossed uh, COVID will be behind us but I just think so much was overlooked and it's not fair and I love you and it just makes me sad and angry that you had to go through that I think it was particularly hard for us because I am quite involved mm. so there will be couples out there and couples that you know we will know who yeah, the, the man won't come to any of the scans. You know, the dad the dad won't be there for that. Yeah, through choice. Like it's your choice. And that's how everyone wants to do it. But for a couple like us who are so invested in it as a as like I say, a family, I wanted to be there for everything because you say it's fifty percent my child. Yeah. And I'd carry it if I could. You know, <laughs> you, I'd be the vehicle. You but actually unfortunately would. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. But you're like equal parts maternal and paternal. You have both running through you. Like I, I wish that everybody could live a day with Tristan Hall just to realise how wonderful he is. Because they sing your praises a lot on socials, but you are something special. You're so selfless and so helpful and just caring and loving. You just, yeah, yeah everything rolled into one. Thank you. You're welcome. That's so lovely. Yeah, but it is, it's true. Like you're going to make a great mum and dad. You're just brilliant, aren't you? God, I, why they make you so perfect? I'd like to say that um, since becoming pregnant, and I think kind of since last year, but since we've had a positive pregnancy test, had the heartbeat and everything, I am such an emotional person you all are. of a sudden. You are, you keep crying. I, you cried I, I cried Lord of the done. Rings earlier. Uh, did you? Which bit? <laughs> um, I cried when Sam jumps into the boat and yeah. he's like, he's like, uh, of course you are, but I'm coming too. Do. Yeah, it's when Frodo's going what, to what leave. I cry at. I did think. You, oh. Did you cry when Boromir dies? Because that really no, upsets me. That. Oh, that gosh. wasn't a sad for me. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. I feel like we need to put something at the beginning that says we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings. And match. I would never forgive myself if we spoil it for somebody. But the names are so long, and if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, yeah, true. If you hear that Boromir dies, you'd be like, okay. I couldn't have told you that his name was Boromir the first time I watched it. I've said it three times. Now it's in their memory. Anyway. I'm uh, sorry. I cried several times. I had tears in my eyes at Lord of the Rings. Like The whole dynamic of Mary Pippin, uh, Samwise and Frodo... It just made me sad. They're like little children. I'm like, oh, I just love them so they much. Are. Do you know which one? Which bit I really like when um, Frodo has been stabbed and uh, Arwen has come to collect him on the horse and she is running and it's just like this proper like feminist empowering imagery of her charging through the woods and these awful men behind her trying to catch her. I'm so sorry if you're not into Lord of the Rings because it's gonna be so boring for you. Um, but she runs across the the river and she says, "If you want him, come and claim him." And it's just so like goosebump induced and I'm like yes girl save the hobbit save the lord of the rings well not literally lord of the rings but save the end of the world all that stuff can you tell we watched lord of the rings this morning 
feel like we've just lost a couple anyway, of, couple of listeners sorry, there. <laughs> but my point, my point is that I've become very emotional at literally anything and everything. If, like us, you are also anxious in your pregnancy, if it's that you have got an IVF baby and you have had failed IVF rounds, if you had a miscarriage, whatever it may be, you might have opted for reassurance scans, like private scans, before 12 weeks. Because I find it crazy anyway that on the NHS, you don't get scanned until 12 weeks. Three months is an awfully Three long time. Months. People will find out at their 12-week scan that they have miscarried and they won't know. And they miscarried at like seven or eight weeks and they had no idea. It's oh, horrible. God. So... So I think for people like us, they're brilliant. But inevitably, as with NHS scans, there are things that aren't quite right with them. So we've been really lucky down on the South Coast because we had the guys at Hey Baby 4D who were spectacular, weren't they? They were brilliant. Yeah. We had scans done there before. They'd listened to some episodes of the podcast as oh, well. So yeah, so they were like invested in our story and they kind of felt like they knew us, which I think helped. The problem with some of the other private places is it's a little bit of like a sausage factory where it's just like one in, one out, one in, one out, go, 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 go. Like a, a, a bit of, ugh, I don't want to say cash grab, but they're making money. It's a business. Guys, if you're listening and you want to try and work out what this is like, you know when you go to a barber's, and certain barbers you go to are walk-in ones. So they are doing like 15-minute haircuts and it's really quick and you're in and you're out. Or you go to somewhere that's a bit higher end. You're paying like 20, 25 quid for a haircut, but you're getting an hour of someone's time and yeah. a coffee oh, or a beer. And or a beer? Tris, you didn't tell me you were drinking at your barber's appointments. That's why you keep going back. It all makes sense. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like the, that... It's the difference in service, whether you have someone who really takes the time to make you feel at mm. ease um, or if you are just a name on a sheet full of people. And we speak from experience because this has literally happened to us quite a few times over the last, I don't know, how long have we been on this journey? Like a year? For, a blooming long time. Yeah, too too long, too long. Um, so yeah, you pay for these private scans because you want the peace of mind, yada, 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 totally get it. We're in the same boat if that's how you feel too. However, these places they're you know they're they're there to make money they're businesses so they're trying to get in as many women as they possibly can to scan uh to make their money and to make it all worthwhile unfortunately when you do that it kind of takes away the human element of it and it does not take into consideration the fact that people can have bad news so there's a chain called window to the womb which we went to um we've actually been to a couple of different ones in different places the one down south near us is wonderful it's so bougie it's like in a barn conversion and it's just lovely and we had a great time um but we also went to one i don't know if i want to specifically name where it was but somewhere south but not like south coast yeah and then one in the Midlands as well. Yeah. Let's just say that. So let's just leave it a little bit ambiguous. I thought it's almost, almost worse, isn't it? Because it makes people be like, I don't want to go to either of the ones. I know. Nowhere <laughs> in the Midlands. They've got like seven of them in the Midlands. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry, window to the womb. Sorry, window to the womb. The Southampton one, honestly, it's great. But yeah, and the other ones you come in and you're in this tiny little waiting room along with, I don't know, six, seven other couples. The appointments are 15 minutes long. Every time it overruns, so they're always running late. And all of this you could forgive were you not nervous people. If you're people who suffer with scanxiety, if you're people who have been to a window to the womb before and received literally like the worst news in that place and then have been referred to the NHS off the back of it, you don't want to be sitting around for an unnecessarily long period of time. 
I think this could all be solved by a little bit better like customer service, right? Yeah. So if you rock up and they say, I'm so sorry, we're running like 40 minutes late, you can forgive that. Now, it won't help the anxiety, but it manages your expectations a bit better. If you rock up and you just sit down and you don't know whether the people in the room have been scanned already, if they're waiting for their scan, you're just watching them come and go. And soon you realise that you are like the last person in the queue of five people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't think they consider that they can be giving news to people that either is bad news or scanning people who have been through a traumatic experience. And that's where they let themselves down. So just a little word of warning that that can be the case. And if I was going to give you advice, it would be when you rock up, say, yo, are you running late? And if they are, if it's a good receptionist and she's honest, she'll say, yeah, do you know what? It's about 30 to 40 minutes. And you say, okay, well, look, I'm a nervous patient. I've had bad news before. Here's my phone number. I'm going to go for a walk around the block. And you just kill time outside. Or you go back into the car and you listen to the radio. Get a coffee. Yeah, get a coffee. And then say, can you please ring me 10 minutes before I'm expected to go in? You know, when when the woman before me is just finishing up and I'll come back. And that would solve all the problems. But no, instead, they just leave you there on this sticky leather seat, which is quite reminiscent of the white clean one that you're very familiar with. Bringing back all sorts of memories. Yeah, I know, which we just don't need right now. Stressing, well, you wait after woman after woman after woman goes in and gets seen and you don't it really is a sausage factory it is and i think not to toot the horn of hey baby 40 again but they're brilliant because they don't have a waiting room which sounds like a weird thing to say but it means that you have to wait in your car yes so you don't see all these women going in and coming out again because you're sat in a waiting room you can see women coming out having received bad news and when you've already received bad news yourself in a previous pregnancy that brings it all back oh it's so triggering so you can sit there and normally you might you know, be in a waiting room for, what, five, ten minutes and it doesn't really give you a chance to think about what's going on. When you've suffered loss before with pregnancy, anything you see around you can really heighten that anxiety before a scan. Add into that that you're waiting around for 45 minutes, so you're in your own thoughts. And it's a waiting room. Like, you can't sit and chat much in a waiting room. Oh, like yeah, everyone's sat around quietly, aren't they? They don't even have music playing. You're just festering inside your own head oh. and it's 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 very difficult when you've had a loss before to not instantly be transported back to that place so yeah you're right all i would say is make sure if you arrive you find out how long the wait would be even if you're listening and you own a scanning place or whatever make sure you call your patients if you're running half an hour 40 minutes behind regardless of being quite a sensitive subject you should be telling your customers anyway that yeah. they're going to be late oh my god give them a heads up if we were going to a restaurant we rocked up and we we're like oh your table's not going to be ready for half an hour i'd be so miffed like, oh well what do you want me to do then yeah this is a pregnancy scan it's such an intimate thing to be going through oh oh my goodness also bring a book just in case i've learned this from previous experiences with endometriosis appointments people always run late and there's often no signal in these places so you can't go on instagram so yeah just bring a happy book <laughs> Another thing which I reckon will ring true to so many of you if you've been in a similar experience before um, is that every single time I go to the loo, I check the toilet paper for blood every single time time I do this without fail Tris also is almost like conditioned now that when he knows I've gone to the loo if I come back into the room afterwards he'll just very quietly say okay you're all okay and I'm like yeah all fine but imagine how many times you go to the toilet in a day that's like quite a few and how sad is that I know it's, it's miserable I hate it I hate it. It's the first thing I do. Like the first thing I do when I go to the loo is like check my pants straight away. I also have it sometimes where I'm sat at work or I'm with friends or whatever. And 
I know this is going to sound a little bit weird for any people that don't have periods, but if you're periods, you know what I mean. Sometimes you can kind of feel like your period's starting. It's just a sensation. You'll know what it is if you've experienced it. Sometimes I get that sensation and I panic and I freak and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I have to make my excuses and run to the loo. There's never any blood there. Touch wood, there hasn't been. And I pray that it continues that way. But it's like, it, it's almost controlling my life at the moment that I will go to the loo and I don't need the loo because I'm just panicking that there might be blood there. And I it just, I think about it constantly. Like, I, I reckon, uh, I don't know. I'd love to put a time on it. I, I think at least once a half hour, but probably more. I'm thinking, oh my God, is that blood? Oh my God, is that blood? And that's horrible. You shouldn't be feeling like that when you're pregnant. But it just happens if you've been there before and you've had a miscarriage, you, you can't help it. And I'm sure you know us by now and you'll understand that this is not me being ungrateful. I am grateful every single second of every day to be pregnant. I love it. I am just so thankful that this has worked for us. And I count my lucky stars for every day I wake up and, you know, they're still in there, you know, sort of wriggling about doing their thing. But it would be a lie if I told you that I am completely relaxed and feel peaceful each and every day and that I I love every moment I do love every moment but every moment I love has this sort of shadowy figure behind it of I could take this away from you at any instance for no reason at all you could do nothing wrong but I'm just going to take it away and you're going to have to experience that heartbreak all over again it's like going through a breakup but worse it's like losing somebody that you love and then falling in love again and those first few months you're just going to guard your heart it's like it's just human instincts you want to protect yourself I'll add into that as well that with our previous pregnancy I was constantly constantly worried about the here and now in that these symptoms don't seem 100% normal. You know, the scans aren't really adding up. So I was very aware in the moment that things weren't quite right. And we both said that in hindsight now that we look at it and we think, you know, we did feel like something wasn't all there. But, you you know, you are positive with yourself. If you, you know, you want to try and manifest like positivity because, you know, that's part of how it works, isn't yeah. it? You want to try and remain positive. Otherwise, you'd never get through it. Now, in this pregnancy, I feel happier but that shadow, like you say, is very much still there. And it's the experience that is you know, is doing it. We have had so far touch all the wood, but such a simple, relatively speaking, in terms of our last one, yeah. pregnancy in comparison to that last one. The last one, you know, when you started bleeding, what was it, seven and a half, eight weeks? Yeah. We were then, every time you'd be bleeding, calling our midwife and having a scan or someone check the heartbeat with a Doppler. All of this stuff, and so far, again, touch all the wood, we've not had that this time, but that's not what is causing the problem. It's what happened before that's like hanging over us and knowing that at any moment, this all could change. It's like being at the most wonderful tea party and you're sat outside and it's got all your favourite cakes and there's brownies and you're with the people that you love and you're just having a wonderful time and you're living in that moment and you think to yourself, oh my God, this is going to be one of those days that in years to come, I think back to it and I'm like, oh my goodness, I love that. That was such a special day. And above you, there is this massive cloud and you know that any second there's going to be a rumble of thunder and it's all going to come pouring down and you're just praying and praying that you can get through your little afternoon tea before the heavens open and everything gets ruined and washed away and the people just, the the, the happiness just fades. It's like that, but times a thousand. You can tell it's been a very damp May by that analogy. Oh yeah. Brain on the brain. I must have subconsciously, like I must have looked out the window and taken that as inspiration. (laughs) 
<laughs> and we had an afternoon tea I know. today. Hey, at least I did afternoon tea and not Lord of the Rings. I, I could true. have compared Very the pregnancy true. to Frodo and Sam, and that'd have been a whole other kettle of fish. It would be quite nice, though, maybe to finish on a lighter note. Um, because this has been a loss of doom and gloom and if you've gotten to this point point then thank you so much for listening um but we actually bought our first item of baby clothing the other day didn't we oh my goodness we didn't do that with Amberly. we got all the way to 18 weeks and it's weird it's like this weird like sixth sense that says don't do it but we, yeah we've we've done it we did it the other day it's from laura ashley <laughs> It's really cute and it makes me happy. I haven't shared it on socials. I'm so aware and sensitive to the fact that I have a lot of women uh, who follow me who are still on that uh, TTC journey. You know, they're still doing IVF and they're trying to conceive and it hasn't yet happened for them. So I don't like I don't ever, ever want to rub any of this in anyone's face at all. Um, I keep using the word grateful. I need to thesaurus it, but it's just how I feel. I just feel so grateful. But I thought it would be nice to tell you that we're feeling slightly more positive for all that's been said before in this episode. I do think, I pray that this is going to have a happy ending. And I think that if it wasn't going to have a happy ending, maybe we'd have a little inclination and we wouldn't have bought it. But we did. It was only four ninety nine. Super cute. It's so small that there's hardly any material. I'm like they're really going to be that little? Their little arms and legs will fit in those tiny holes? Really? Oh, I just want to squeeze it. Oh, God. I think that is it for today. I hope that today's episode has been okay for you guys. Um, For me personally, it's been quite a difficult one to record. Um, I just think that emotionally there's a lot going on at the moment. And like we said, with having scans where you're waiting around, and it brings back a lot of memories of before, um, which is difficult. But it's important to go through this stuff because you know you live through these things and you learn and you grow as a person and I think that had we not have been through what we went through before I think we'd have had a much more difficult time doing IVF yeah that is so true actually it's made us stronger in like many different ways so I'm grateful for the lessons that I've learned not for Mm. the experience but for the lessons definitely um and I feel like as a couple we're much more resilient now as well so these things yes it's difficult to talk about them but it's important to kind of spread awareness and make sure people know that you know what they're feeling in this moment is not just them it's not yeah 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 yeah. they're not alone in it and it's something that everyone who has lost before will go through yeah there's there's light and there's dark to every part of this pilgrimage exactly so if you like what you heard the best way to support us is to leave a review share with your friends family parents guardians you ain't prepared one, have you? Lord of the Rings characters. <laughs> Whoever it may be. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine if Legolas listened to our podcast. Imagine if he was doing IVF. Mm, Orlando little... Bloom. Yeah. No, Legolas is not Orlando oh, Bloom. Sorry. Get it right, Tristan. Uh, but yeah, please do get involved and make sure to subscribe. Next episode is going to be a little bit lighter. We're actually going to be going through our two-week wait tips. This is a requested episode. I have quite a few people actually ask how I kind of got on with those horrible days that we had to wait through and how my interest and coped and what we did so yeah we're going to run through everything that we did uh, and things that we found easier things that we found a little bit harder and things that we might do differently if we were to do it again so yeah uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that and also don't forget that you can see our faces over on instagram miranda.burns tristan.hall and test tube baby pod pod for podcast hey love Love you you, bye. bye 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.